Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second episode of Rewind. Those of you who are gracious enough to have listened to the Rewind. first Rewind? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Remind. Not to be confused with Rewind, but Remind. For those of you who were lovely enough to check us out on the first episode, you would have known a bit of an audio issue with my microphone. I do apologize. But as normal, Ash is looking and sounding amazing. Ash, wonderful to have you here. How are you? Great to be with you today. I'm awesome, thank you. I'm always excited to chat to you and deep dive into some curly topics. How are you doing? Very, very well. So today you wanted to put out about who am I? Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? All of those type of things. Fairly big topic. Pretty sure we're not going to cover over everything in this episode. But I think we'll just sort of touch on maybe what you think, what I think, some of the the goods and the bads, and then we can have a little or a few little other items we can talk about in future episodes. So I want to hand it over to you, Dr. Ashley Morland. Who are you? Yeah, I want to give a little bit of background as to how we ended up here in terms of this question. Mm. This was a journey that I went on myself in my own life in realizing one day that I'd had a bit of an identity crisis because I was really young when I married my first husband. We had grown up together. I'd known him since I was four. Um, And our first child was born one day shy of nine months from the day we got married. So very quickly after we got married, I took his surname. um, And as a 22-year-old, I was pregnant. And in that, it was a very, very much a wanted and loved baby. So the thing that came up for me was that I actually didn't know who I was anymore because I had found myself as his wife and this baby's mum. And then over a period of time, it was like, it wasn't as if one day I just woke up and went, I don't know who I am anymore. It was like this piece by piece by piece by piece by piece subtle 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 changes throughout particularly that stage of my life when I entered motherhood and when I got married and I'd been living out of home but I was um, entering my professional career I was an academic at that time I had completed my PhD And this whole journey for me was about realizing one day, if I'm not mum, if I'm not wife, if I'm not teacher, if I'm not daughter or friend or whatever it is, underneath all that, I actually don't know who I am. That was massive. Mm, And then mm, from, from a from a practitioner perspective, I see this time and time and time again with women, particularly women. Men, it can happen to, but women have such a different dynamic in terms of 
literally abandoning our own needs to have babies. Mm. What what we can eat changes, what we can drink changes, the things, you know, how we sleep changes, our whole body physically changes. And that can be really, like it can really rock people. So that's how my sense of self really became really disconnected from my sense of self. And I later went on to learn the interesting links in childhood trauma and all of those kinds of things. The reality is I probably didn't ever have a strong sense of self from my adaptations from childhood, but my sense of self became really externalized and based on roles. So I would wear Mm. as I said, the mum hat, the teacher hat, the wife hat, and what that manifested in eventually was ultimately a bit of a breakdown because I felt like I couldn't do any of them well. I I felt like I was a terrible mum, a terrible wife, a terrible teacher, a terrible everything because I was dropping every ball. And when I really peeled that back, we're going to get to this shortly, but Mm. when I really peeled that back and went, well, I'm trying to be the best mum based upon all of my preconceived ideas of what the best mum should be. And should is a big indicator of expectation. (laughs) I'm trying to be the best wife based on what I should be, how I should be, what I should look like, what I should say, what I should cook, even how often we should have sex, things like that. Mm. Like it's just complete disowning of me and throughout that journey when you come back to yourself you you start to reestablish that so i'm interested in your journey dave because you're obviously Mm. not a mom or a wife you haven't carried a baby before but no you have not can you relate to that absolutely but just before i do jump into mine one thing i just wanted to ask you about all of that with your experience what was the catalyst for that sort of and it's probably more coming down to it was a feeling that something wasn't fulfilling is is that is that what started to to change and everything started to break down you started you weren't getting satisfaction out of the roles is that fair enough would you sort of say that 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 sort of started to bubble up hence why you started to to realize maybe i'm not all of this I don't know that that's the way I would describe it, but the the only thing that I can really recollect was just getting to a point in my life where the only statement that comes to my mind is I can't do this anymore. And it wow. literally felt like quicksand. It literally felt like quicksand where the roles just kept adding up. Mm-hmm. I just had more and more and more and more and more roles, more expectations, more And the more things that kept adding up, the more masks I had to wear, the more um, now I had to live up to, the less of me there was. And I feel like that was my spirit actually just saying, I can't do this anymore Mm. because I wasn't actually expressing or experiencing life as me, as, as the me that was knitted together in my mother's womb for a big purpose in this world Mm. I was just ticking boxes and and you know living out nouns yeah wow yeah that's I mean the the quicksand I can I can feel that in that analogy now for myself you're right I haven't been a mum I haven't carried a child given birth to a child but I have two two children Um, I've been 
I am a father and I've got to say, how did I sort of relate to myself? Um, it's going to sound very similar to yourself. It was all about roles. It was all about things that I could intellectually understand and tangibly say to someone. If someone sort of said to me, well, who are you? Oh, well, my name's David. Okay, that's my name. I'm a, I'm a 43-year-old male. Okay, that's my age. That's my physical appearance. I do this for a job. Okay, so that's what you do. Um, and then, you know, I enjoy making people laugh. Okay, there's personality traits. There's all these sort of things that I had to be able to tangibly know who, who I was. And at the, at the core of all of that, it was my roles. Because that's the most important function. I'm mm. a dad. I'm a breadwinner. I do this, right? All the nouns. We're coming back to nouns. Exactly. Um, and so when... And I, and I guess at that point, when you start to realize that these roles actually aren't fulfilling, these are roles. Roles aren't supposed to be the be all and end all around how would you describe yourself? Like they are great things to have. They are, but they're, they're a tool in a toolbox. And I'll, you'll probably hear me saying a lot of this in, in the future. Mm. But when you use it as a way of being, when you use it as an identity, which is what I was doing, it, it, again, it was just, it, it, for me, it felt like there's something missing, something major yeah. is missing. And wow. so for me, it was like, you don't get enough satisfaction out of your relationship. Well, I, I, I do, but I don't. But I couldn't say that because then, hang on, what does that mean? How do we unpack that? How does yeah. this not end up being a fight? You don't get enough from your kids. Well, I love them and I'll, I'll do anything for them. But no, I'm not getting my full satisfaction out of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, shit, how do you say that and un unpack all of that? Because it's, you know, now I need these roles to complete me. I need these kids to complete me. I need this relationship to complete me because yeah. they are me, because yeah. I've made these roles me. And so there was something really missing. Yes. And, and so for me, this was that... It, 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 the way it manifested for me was agitation. It was I'm I'm not right. I'm like a caged lion. I don't know why, but I can't see the I can't see the the, the jail cell. It just and so being able to I suppose recognize that and having that sensation or that feeling of I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like I'm living my full potential. That to me was a was a penny drop. That who am I? Mm, I love okay. that. Um, something that came to my mind as you were just speaking then was somewhere along the line, we have mistaken the experiences of self for self itself. Or self-identity, yeah. Yeah, as the identity of self. And so the, the experiences that we have in our life, i.e. parenting and work and holidays or whatever Absolutely. it might be all the different roles that we just spoke about those roles give us experiences that our self gets to experience but it's not who we are it's not our identity and i think right. that is so powerful so you touched on a few things of um you know how we mistakenly identify ourselves as those descriptors like 
our gender, our occupation, our marital status, our, you know, if we have kids. Our hobbies, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Our personality, yeah. yeah. And so that's one aspect of it. I'm, are you, are you willing to go deep here with me? Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. So another thing that I'm really interested in because this is something that really brings in my expertise in trauma and especially our childhood experiences and intergenerational trauma and ancestral stuff is how do we learn who we are, what we're good at, what we're not good at, what we like, how we think, how we relate with our sense of self and with the world around us. And so I invite you to go there with me sure. <laughs> to our childhood, because when I reflect on the sense of self, first of all, I might reflect on my parents' sense of self. And I would suggest that the nounified self was a really common phenomena in my mm. parents' generation and so likely yours as well. Is Absolutely. that true for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it would then, have been their, their parents and their parents yeah. and their parents. Like yeah. this is just something that's been generational. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so from there, we are like absolute chain breakers, right? It's super exciting. This this mm -hmm. generation and those after us. And I'm really excited to be contributing to that through our shows and um, you know, the content that we're putting out, but to really open up our minds and increase awareness of self from the perspective of the way we think and who we think we are, the way that we judge, the way that we perceive, the things that we think we are good at or we're not good at, or we do like or we don't like, even, you know, I'm an introvert. Are you really? Or is that a, an adaptation from a childhood where the full expression of yourself was not safe? Well, you raise a very good point there because society, you can only view yourself from within the prism that you've been taught. Mm. So, and that's been handed down, as you correctly said, from parents down. So if you were in a society which celebrated uh, your ability to climb, then your identity would be based on how high you can climb. Yeah. Um, if you're in a society like the, that is very much now, it's about prove your worth. Because mm. if you sort of come back, we're coming sort of, uh, you know, in, in my economic mind, we're coming out of, and we have since 2008, from a very capitalistic view of worth. Prove your worth in the past. Greed is good. All of these type of things this is how you're supposed to prove yourself. So who am I? Well, I bring this to the table and I've got that and I do this and I do that mm -hmm. and I feel that and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's almost impossible. And this is what I think that what you and I are um, so incredibly grateful for. We're living in an age where that needle's moving. Yeah, I'm so here the, for it. I am hungry. I'm down for it. Because <laughs> you, you mentioned before judgment, right? If you were to say to someone who you truly felt you were, I challenge anyone to not feel if I say that, well, like an idiot. Yeah. Do you know, shame. This, is, this is partly 
how this came up for me. I, I don't know how to go down this rabbit hole, but I'll start by saying I grew up Lutheran. I grew up yes, okay. um, Lutheran flavor of Christianity, okay, <laughs> extremely yeah. religious, very checkbox, um, very works-based. You have to earn your seat in heaven kind of stuff. And okay. if, you make, if you sin or do bad or do wrong, you're going to hell and punishment and all this sort of mm. stuff, right? And it was very much do this and you're good, don't do that and you're bad, and so there was a lot of identity tied up in that. When I was 12, I, I walked away from it completely. And I that actually gave me a very biased judgment. Like if, if someone actually mentioned God or Jesus or the Bible or church or anything to do with that, it would ha I would have a visceral reaction to that because it actually felt like such a threat to my sense of self. And later like probably in my late 20s around about i had a whole bunch of really hardcore spiritual experiences which we'll probably go into at another time but <laughs> that all led me one night to i was reading in the bible the verse about love your neighbor as yourself and it really challenged me for a number of reasons but the reason that is relevant to this conversation is what do I feel or think about people who love themselves? They're egotistic. They're full of themselves. They think they're better than everyone else. They're blah, 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 blah. And what that actually did is it uncovered this whole unconscious story that I had about people who loved themselves and so how could I love myself if my self-preservation required me to be safe from those judgments of people who love themselves? Wow. Disregard the fact that that led me down the rabbit hole of which self? Oh, <laughs> who am I going to love again because I don't know who I am? Wow. Um, because, yeah, I, I've been called selfish many times in my life. Um and look, there's definitely things that you can do, which, you know, I've always been a strong believer from a very young age, you can only feel from your own cup, right? If your cup's empty, you simply can't do anything for any anybody else. So if I can't do it, I'll say no. And so yes, a bit like you, you're only a good person if you always give. Yeah. Right? If you always turn the other cheek. Yeah. If 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 and it's quite funny when you sort of mentioned about the church like i i i went to church when i was a very young kid and didn't sort of get right into it i feel myself as a, a spiritual man um but what i found was there's a big difference between rules and values mm -hmm. so when we have to sort of think of ourselves of who are we are we looking at ourselves through a value prism or through a rules prism? Yeah. And so again, when it's sort of like, I think you mentioned about the Lutheran church or your experience there, what you were made to feel was that you are only a good person so long as you've maybe followed these rules. rules wrapped up in values or values wrapped up in rules or some sort of thing there. So again, you can only 
you know, there's no point sort of bringing a banana to a barbecue type thing, mm. right? It's sort of, you, you want to be welcome at a barbecue, you got to bring meat, right? So if you can only look at yourself and if people only value you or you feel as though you can only be valued based on that. These conditions. Correct. Yeah, it's so powerful, isn't it? It's so powerful. And so, look, going on that journey, I relate to what you say. Um, you said you consider yourself a spiritual man. I had zero interest in spirituality or anything until I literally, the catalyst for me was the day, the very day I woke up and I declared, I can't do this anymore. My whole life changed because it was almost like, there was a surrender there. There was a surrender of me going for all this time. I've tried to do it my way. And <laughs> look at the mess I've made. Clearly, it's not working. My way is not the way. So anyway, where I sit now is definitely, and again, coming back to this sense of self, I had this revelation one day, and maybe our listeners have heard a, a similar quote, and it's that, we aren't having we aren't humans having spiritual experiences we are spirits having a human experience and that's so profound to me because that's where the identity piece came together for me where i only understood because i i had grown up in the worldly constructs and this is actually where remind comes from the romans 12:2 says do not be, do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the mind that had emerged through my early life experiences was one of conditions, one of nounified identity, one of worldly identity of what I couldn't do, what I couldn't be, what like the limitations and, and all of that stuff. But that was so intergenerational, like you pointed out. And what is so profound to me is that I had this, I, I get these like kind of messages or this inspired um, wisdom, let's say, that just drop on my spirit. And one day I heard, you are nobody. And I was like, my initial reaction to that is like ego spikes up and goes, huh? yes, I am. I'm somebody. <laughs> Who do you think you are saying I'm nobody? Like, mm. don't you know I have a PhD? And I and so I nounified the, the thing, but it I sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it, and it was so profound because it was the truth, it was dropping in truth. You are no body. The true essence of who I am is not this body. It's not the person with the brown hair and the, I don't know, kind of dark skin and the freckles here. And this isn't who I am. This version of me in this bodysuit as Elijah and Elodie's mum, as Steve's wife, as Wayne and Jenny's daughter, that's not actually who I am. That's just mm -hmm. the role that I'm playing in my life, in this life. The essence of who I truly am has no body and that's how mm. we have eternal life we, we we don't take our body with us when we die Ugh, so interesting how does that land for you absolutely um and so if we had to 
unpack that just a little bit more. It's like for for me, it's when we looked at all of these things of who who I am or who I perceive myself to show value within this society that only recognizes certain elements, right? Which is changing, which I'm truly grateful to be part of all of that as well, is the fact that, okay, yes, I'm David, I'm a male, I'm a dad, I'm all of this, right? Where before, if I had to visualize it, they were all these badges I held on me that then made up the fabric of who I was. Yeah. Now, at that point, it wasn't working. At, I got at this some... image of paper mache. Like it's, Beautiful. It's all those things of just paper right? mache you into physical and, form. And I've, and I've created this, right? Yeah. And then, but I'm not content. I'm anxious. I'm a cage lion. There's something missing. There's, there's all of that. But, you know, because, again, I'm trying to conform to this visual or this prism in which society puts on us. The way I, I look at it now is I'm not my thoughts, right? Oh, I'm having not... so much stuff right now, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally seeing your spirit like trapped in a cage. The paper mache has created this yeah. cage. But the, do you know the other thing that that created is separation. The cage around you creates separation from yourself and yeah. everything else. So that sense that unfulfillment and disconnection and all that of course because your bodysuit was the container you were stuck in and that's and that's exa that's exactly right and now i ask myself what's the, what's the difference now well the difference now is that that suit that those badges that role and all of that i stepped back from yeah. and i'm now viewing that because those things are still relevant. I do still do those things. I can be identified that way. I'm very proud of all of those things that are being projected out of who I am. But can I, they are can not I question me. one thing? Sure. Could you be recognized as those things, but not identified as? Well, for me, it's sort of like if I had to describe to someone, and again, because I'll, I'll come back to, to that, that answer because what I found is when I step back, if you were to sort of say to me, who am I? And I'll say, I am a being here on this planet wanting to serve others and to experience life. That's still, in my mind, not a full, complete answer, but that is okay. But yeah. what I can say is I've stepped back. I can see all of that, right? So let's just say that's the avatar of what I represent as we go from this lineage of who are you? Well, I'm a war veteran, I'm a fireman, I'm a whatever. There has to be some form of how do we gel into this and how do we bring that forward? Yeah. Identify recognition. For, for me, there's still things that I'm still working through, but what I can say, I'm no longer feeling like a cage lion. I'm no longer feeling yeah. like I'm out of sync. I'm no yeah. longer feeling there's something missing. I'm feeling yeah. connected, but there's nothing I'm feeling connected to. I'm not connected to my job. I'm not yeah. connected to all of so, these things. So attached. This is one of the things that I've, a rabbit hole I've been going down. Attached, you, yes. You better, can better be word. connected yeah. to all these things, but not attached to them. Love and it. an attachment means that we, we can't surrender it. We have to hold on to it to control it. So... I love that you're making this point because if 
this is where identity crises happen, right? If we are too attached to our identity as a, a mum, let's say, and then all of a sudden our kids grow up, they leave home, they're doing their own thing, they're, they're not dependent on us anymore. Mm. They have their entire own life. If we are attached to that, that version of ourselves and that identity and that role, we will not cope when it comes time for them to leave. If we have an mm. attachment to our identity being tied to a relationship with a partner or anything, if that relationship ends, then we feel like we have ended. If that job or career ends, we feel like we have ended. And so the difference between attachment and connection is really important there. And I, I've been going down this mm. rabbit hole quite a lot lately because I think now with what you're describing where you don't feel like you're that like stuck in a cage, you can feel connected to all the things that you're doing, but there is a safety in surrender there. And the mm. safety in surrender shows and demonstrates a lived lack of attachment and I think that's mm. really, really healthy and so powerful and so profound. You're, you're, you're spot on. I, attachment is absolutely number one because when I was before, I didn't feel connected to much, right? But I was trying to force, trying to force things. Now that I have this sort of um, being able to step back, I'm, I'm so much more connected to my friends. I'm so much more connected mm. and loving to my kids. There's just... Um, the, the, the fulfillment and the joy and this the sense of being okay and calm and experiencing it is has never been higher so it's almost it's quite funny you gotta let go i.e surrender to be able to welcome that all in so yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're spot on you're spot on with that that's so powerful. Dave, I've loved having this conversation with you. I'm so excited to explore this topic in so mm. much more detail. So our next episode, we are going to deep dive more into what what might be some hints where maybe mm. we have disconnected from our sense of self or what are some behaviours that we might observe in ourselves that might indicate a, a weak or poor sense of self and then that allows us to do the flip side of, well, how might you be able mm. to um, determine if we have a strong sense of self? Because I would argue, and actually um, the Deloitte information online, they've shown this now that across almost every single industry that in, uh, interpersonal and intrapersonal skills, as in all of the things that come from having a strong sense of self, is the biggest predictor of success, even professionally. And so for mm. me personally, as a business owner and as a business leader, I would be even more inclined to be asking questions to identify whether or not my talent had a, how their sense of self was and how connected they were to their sense of self and their own agency, because that to me would be a greater predictor of our professional relationship, productivity, culture, everything else that goes on to predict a high-performing team, then mm. I'm really great at editing videos or I'm really great at social media management. Yeah. Or Because those are just, you know what? Actually, it's not very... Um, 
it's not very what's the word i'm looking for uh well it's it's a difference between having skills and talent it's sort of like um when you have these skills or talent right if you're really good at social media it's because it's not because <clears throat> it's just about you understand the platforms it's about how creative you are and yeah. getting the message across there's a there's a nuances below that but the only way we can identify that kind of skill set is you got to say well i'm good at social media or yes. i'm good at good at video yes. editing um, exactly so, so, so what, what you, i was getting at is that doesn't impress me telling me what you're good at doesn't impress me hmm. but anyone can learn those skills we've got youtube yes. we've got like now with chat gpt it's like anyone can be an insanely successful marketer basically mm. but so the skills don't impress me but you might so and, let me give you, let me maybe just clarify with an example and it might say it perfectly or i, I might be just trash at it mm -hmm. instead of saying i'm really good on youtube or i'm really good on social media you'd be sort of saying i really want to show people stories I really want to be able to be a storyteller and help other people be storytellers. Potentially, kind of, yeah. Potentially, yes. But I would be more inclined to want to know more about their capacity to handle situations and their capacity mm -hmm. to give and receive feedback, how they word things, because right. all of yes. those, all of those um, situations give me insight into their sense of self. Do you know what? Mm. If you're a single person dating, this information is relevant to you. Ooh. If you are a parent <laughs> raising children, this information mm. is relevant to you because you should want someone who has a very strong sense of self because that means they will not be codependent upon you, that their happiness will not be intricately encoded into whether or not you are okay that your mm. children can grow up independent and capable and competent and emotionally available. If you are hiring and leading talent, if you're, you know, leading a team of people, this information is relevant to you. There is not a single human being on the face of the earth who cannot benefit from, first of all, understanding their own connection to self. And mm -hmm. second of all, being able to read other people's connection to their sense of self because we are relational beings. Every single aspect of humanity is designed around how we relate with and to others. Our survival literally depends on it. So I'm really excited to go deep with this in our next episode. Absolutely. No, it's we've I think we've covered off on a lot, but I think the overarching thing from sort of today's episode is that it's it's a journey. It's not going to be something that happens straight away. But if you're feeling the sense of you, you, you're sort of stuck or you, you, you know there's something bigger, then there are steps that you can take. One of those is to try and see the badges and the labels. And I think you sort of said the nouns and just sort of step back from it from, for a moment and try and view them as what they are, as in personality traits, physical traits, skills, talents, and all of that. But there's something a bit more. Mm. You, might, you might not know what that is, but that's okay. Because I think what we're going to be going through in the, in the next episodes is looking at that frame or those badges or that paper mache that you talked about earlier on 
that's filled with badges and then all of these symptoms of trauma responses and all of that and stepping away from it and stepping back and observing it to then work through it so we don't actually perceive ourselves through those traumas as yeah. much as we did before. Yeah. So um, I just want to say one thing before we wrap it up, Dave. Sure. We're going to be hitting on some pretty deep confronting topics as we discuss this. And if you're listening to this and something does stir in you, if you are triggered or activated in any way, you don't have to go through that alone. So mm. if anything that we've said brings your awareness to something, reach out, find us on social media at the Remind Institute, reach out so that we can then give you some resources and support you to navigate whatever it is that's, mm. that's coming up for you. Because I remember this was an entire paradigm shift. It was like someone came and pulled the rug out from underneath me and my entire life changed. I could not go on the same as the same person because mm. I wasn't so if having these big revelations and realizations about who you are and who you're not and the behaviors that you exhibit, particularly as we start journeying deeper into that stuff, it can bring up a lot of feels for people. So I just want to encourage you guys mm. that we are there with you. We are speaking from our own experiences. We are journey. We are on the journey with you for the ride. So please don't hesitate to reach out. That was beautiful. And I would just quickly add to that, that while you might not be feeling too great at the moment or you're just inquisitive, whatever it is, congratulations for being on the path anyway. Yeah. Because uh, it's, 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 it's a path, um, you're not alone. And um, yeah, we're excited to share and to help wherever we can. If you're on YouTube, comment below um and as, as ash said reach out to us on the socials which we'll have linked in um the comments below and in the podcast it'll be in the main descriptor as, as well but uh ash it's been wonderful episode two yeah to come and we will catch you guys next episode see you guys